You're listening to the Bible Chunks Read-Through Podcast in association with the Limadine Bible Reading Plan and Charles River Church. To have your own copy of this reading plan sent straight to your inbox, you can sign up at charlesriver.lmd.church. For more information about Charles River Church, visit charlesriverchurch.com. We read the whole story to make whole disciples of Jesus. Hey, welcome to Bible Chunks, where we read through the Bible in the chunks, or sections based on themes that it was designed to be read in, so we can get a better handle on the story of God. My name's Kevin. That's enough about me. Let's dive into the Word. Today we'll be reading Acts 18.24 through 21.16. 99 verses today. Now a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was an eloquent man, competent in the Scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus, though he knew only the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue, but when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. And when he wished to cross to Achaia, the brothers encouraged him and wrote to the disciples to welcome him. When he arrived, he greatly helped those who through grace had believed. For he powerfully refuted the Jews in public, showing by the scriptures that Christ was Jesus. And it happened that while Apollos was in Corinth, Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. There he found some disciples. And he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, No, we've not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, Into what then were you baptized? They said, Into John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him, that is, Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. There were about twelve men in all. And he entered the synagogue and for three months spoke boldly, reasoning and persuading them about the kingdom of God. But when some became stubborn and continued in unbelief, Speaking evil of the way before the congregation, he withdrew from them and took the disciples with him, reasoning daily in the hall of Tyrannus. This continued for two years, so that all the residents of Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greeks. And God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons that had touched his skin were carried away to the sick, and their diseases left them, and the evil spirits came out of them. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists undertook to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I adjure you by the Jesus whom Paul proclaims. Seven sons of a Jewish high priest named Sceva were doing this. But the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know, and Paul I recognize, but who are you? And the man in whom was the evil spirit leaped on them, mastered all of them and overpowered them, so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. And this became known to all the residents of Ephesus, both Jews and Greeks, and fear fell upon them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was extolled. Also, many of those who were now believers came, confessing and divulging their practices. And a number of those who had practiced magic arts brought their books together and burned them in in the sight of all. And they counted the value of them and found it came to 50,000 pieces of silver. So the word of the Lord continued to increase and prevail mightily. 
Now after these events, Paul resolved in the spirit to pass through Macedonia and Achaia and go to Jerusalem, saying, After I've been there, I must also see Rome. And having sent to Macedonia two of his helpers, Timothy and Erastus, he himself stayed in Asia for a while. About that time there arose no little disturbance concerning the way. For a man named Demetrius, a silversmith who made silver shrines of Artemis, brought no little business to the craftsmen. These he gathered together with the workmen in their similar trades and said, Men, you know that from this business we have our wealth. And you see and hear it that not only in Ephesus, but in most all of Asia, this Paul has persuaded and turned away a great many people, saying that the gods made with hands are not gods. And there is danger not only in this trade of ours may come to dis disrepute, but also that the temple of our great goddess Artemis may be counted as nothing, and that she may even be deposed from her magnificence, she whom all Asia and the world worship. When they heard this, they were enraged and were crying out, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians! So the city was filled with the confusion, and they rushed together into the theater, dragging with them Gaius and Aristarchus, Macedonians who were Paul's companions in travel. But when Paul wished to go among the crowd, the disciples would not let him. And even some of the Asiarchs, who were friends of his, sent to him and were urging him not to venture into the theater. Now some cried out one thing, some another, for the assembly was in confusion, and most of them did not know why they had come together. Some of the crowd prompted Alexander, whom the Jews had put forward. And Alexander, motioning with his hand, wanted to make a defense to the crowd. But when they recognized that he was a Jew, for about two hours they all cried out with one voice, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. And when the town clerk had quieted the crowd, he said, Men of Ephesus, who is there who does not know that the city of the Ephesians is a temple keeper of the great Artemis, and of the sacred stone that fell from the sky. Seeing then that these things cannot be denied, you ought to be quiet and do nothing rash, for you have brought these men here who are neither sacrilegious nor blasphemers of our goddess. If therefore Demetrius and the craftsmen with him have a complaint against anyone, the courts are open, and there are proconsuls. Let them bring charges against one another. But if you seek anything further, it shall be settled in the regular assembly. For we really are in danger of being charged with rioting today, since there is no cause that we can give to justify this commotion. And when he had said these things, he dismissed the assembly. After the uproar ceased, Paul sent for the disciples, and after encouraging them, he said farewell and departed for Macedonia. When he had gone through these regions and had given them much encouragement, he came to Greece. There he spent three months and when a plot was made against him by the Jews, as he was about to sail for Syria, he decided to return through Macedonia. So Peter, the Berean, son of Pyrrhus, accompanied him, and the, of the Thessalonians, Aristarchus and Secundus, the Gaius of Derbe and Timothy, and the Asians, Tychicus and Trophimus. These went on ahead and were waiting for us at Troas. But we sailed away from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread, and in five days we came to them at Troas, where we stayed for seven days. On the first day of the week, when we were gathered together to break bread, Paul talked with them, intending to depart the next day, and he prolonged his speech until midnight. There were many lamps in the upper room where, where we were gathered, and a young man named Eutychus, sitting at the window, sank into a deep sleep as Paul st talked still longer. And being overcome by sleep, he fell down from the third story and was taken up dead. But Paul went down and bent over him, and taking him in his arms, said, Do not be alarmed, for his life is in him. 
and when Paul had gone up and had broken bread and eaten, he conversed with them all a long while until daybreak, and so departed. And they took the youth away alive and were not a little comforted. But going ahead with the ship, we, sailed, we set sail for Asos, intending to take Paul aboard there. For he had arranged, intending himself to go by land. And when he met us at Asos, we took him on board and went to Mytilene. And sailing from there, we came the following day opposite Chios. The next day, we touched at Samos. And the day after that, we went to Miletus, for Paul had decided to sail past Ephesus so that he might not have to spend time in Asia, for he was hastening to be at Jerusalem, if possible, on the day of Pentecost. Now, from Miletus, he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church to come to him. And when they came to him, he said to them, You yourselves know how I lived among you the whole time from the first day that I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears, and how with trials what ha that happened to me through the plots of the Jews, how I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable, and teaching you in public and from house to house, testifying both to Jews and to Greeks of repentance towards God and of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And now behold, I'm going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. But I do not account my life as any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus, to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And now behold, I know that none of you among whom I have gone about proclaiming the kingdom will see my face again. Therefore I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all, for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel, you yourselves know that these hands ministered to my necessities and to those who were with me. In all things I've shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. When he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them. And there was much weeping on the part of all. They embraced Paul and kissed him, being sorrowful most of all because of the word that he had spoken that they would not see his face again, and they accompanied him to the ship. And when he had parted from them and set sail, we came by a straight course to Kos, and the next day to Rhodes, and from there to Patara, and having found a ship crossing to Phoenicia, we went aboard and set sail. When we had come in sight of Cyprus, leaving it on the left, we sailed to Syria and landed at Tyre, for there the ship was to unload its cargo. And having sought out the disciples, we stayed for seven days, and through the Spirit, they were telling Paul not to go on to Jerusalem. When our days there were ended, we departed and went on our journey. And they all, with wives and children, accompanied us until we were outside the city. And kneeling down on the beach, we prayed and said farewell to one another. Then we went on board the ship, and they returned home. When we had finished the voyage from Tyre, we reached Ptolemus. And we greeted the brothers and stayed with them for one day. 
On the next day, we departed and came to Caesarea, and we entered the house of Philip the Evangelist, who was one of the seven, and stayed with him. He had four unmarried daughters who prophesied. While we were staying for many days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea, and coming to us, he took Paul's belt and bound his own feet and hands and said, Thus says the Holy Spirit, This is how the Jews at Jerusalem will bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. When we heard this, we and all the people there urged him not to go up to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, What are you doing weeping and breaking my heart? For I am ready not only to be imprisoned, but even to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. And since he would not be persuaded, we ceased and said, Let the will of the Lord be done. After these days we got ready and went up to Jerusalem. And some of the disciples from Caesarea went with us, bringing us to the house of Nisan of Cyprus, an early disciple with whom we should lodge. If you remember back in the middle of the book of Luke, Jesus set his face to go to Jerusalem. He knew full well that that was his destiny, and he knew full well everything that was going to happen to him once he got there. How he would be welcomed, how he would be rejected, how he would be crucified, and how he would be resurrected. And now we're seeing that again, this time in Paul's life. Though he doesn't know what awaits him in Jerusalem, he has set his mind and set his face to go to Jerusalem. He's done his missionary journeys and he feels called by the Holy Spirit to return to Jerusalem. Now we know that he was bringing gifts from the churches around uh, around Asia and around Europe to the church that which was persecuted in Jerusalem. So that was part of his desire to get there, to, to bless the church with financial gifts. But also we know that he wanted to go back to Jerusalem uh, because that was the prompting of the Spirit. He was, he was following the Spirit's will. And in every town and at every stop, he seems to be told by others through the Holy Spirit that he's going to face persecution, imprisonment, and possibly death when he gets there. And still, that's what he feels called to do, and that's what he's willing to do. He's acting like Christ. He's trusting the Lord that even if God has chosen for Paul to be killed in Jerusalem like his Savior was, God will raise him from the dead like his Savior was. And so he sets his face to go. It's also really interesting here to, to notice just how far-reaching the church is already growing. Now, these are probably smaller churches, but they're scattered throughout the entire world at this point. Going to all of these different cities, he is... Uh, Paul is able to go and join with the brothers in all of these cities that are are just a vast uh, array of the Roman Empire at the time. And Paul really wants to go to Rome. He's not sure that he's going to get there, uh, but that's his desire, to go to Jerusalem and then from Jerusalem to go to Rome. We'll find out that that is exactly what happens. It's not the way that he intends it. But it's also interesting that we get a lot more details in terms of the, the travel itinerary this time because Luke was with them. 
And so when Paul and Barnabas were going, you get kind of a, a broad overview of where they went, probably because Paul had told Luke, here's where we went. But now Luke is probably recording as they're going. This island was on our left. We were three days here and then we stayed seven days here and we prayed on the beach like this. So Luke is giving a firsthand account in this section of the book, which is very interesting and really, really cool. And we see that the, the church has spread so much in a city like Ephesus that the silversmiths are no longer making money or, or at least fearful that their, their trade is going to be put to an end because of what the church is doing. People are not worshiping Artemis the way that they had been. Therefore, they're not buying the idols of Artemis as they had been. Therefore, the silversmiths and those who work in the trades of creating idols are going to go broke. And so there's a giant riot and the boldness of Paul and the boldness of the entire church. Not to flee from those, but to run towards those in order that they might proclaim Christ. They are invincible. They know they're invincible. Even though death is on the horizon, they know that they serve a God who raises the dead. And they're acting like it. And it's just a beautiful picture to see. And so, as we wrap up today, they are still on their way to Jerusalem, getting closer and closer. And they're getting ready to go to Jerusalem while they're in Caesarea. And they are hanging out there with the church as, as Paul is preparing for whatever, whatever may come in Jerusalem. And so as we wrap up today, I'd ask you to consider, what does this section of scripture tell us about who God is and what he wants? What does it tell you about yourself? And then finally, what was it that the Holy Spirit was stirring up while we were reading? Take those thoughts, turn them into prayers, and we'll be right here again tomorrow. Until then... God bless you.